Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. As always, I got my bros with me, the Fantasy Phenom, Young Vander. Holler at the people. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, the rookie aficionado, Bro Joe. Holler at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we are extremely excited to officially be both on Facebook and YouTube for your viewing pleasure. You can follow us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. That's F-E-I-N Fiend. And on YouTube at Fantasy Football Fiend. Again, that's F-E-I-N. Today, we're going to be deep diving into draft strategies and best practices, tips and tricks to make sure that you bring home that fantasy championship. But first, we're going to hop right into our news. And now your fantasy news. First up with news, looking at quarterbacks, you have a bit of a competition brewing down in Tampa Bay and uh, in Indy. So Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield are currently listed as co-starters, as well as Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew being listed as co-starters. Joe, what do you think about this competition going on in Tampa Bay? I think it's for real. I think, uh, honestly, we're going to be looking at a situation here. I think Maker, I think Baker's going to end up winning and taking it, but I think it's going to be a short leash. I think we're going to have to give him a few weeks. I think the moment they start losing is when they're going to pivot to something else, to be honest with you. Vander, you got Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew, co-starters. Yeah. Is this real, or are they just trying not to take any steam away from the young guy? Well, I think it has gotten realer. Uh, since this whole Jonathan Taylor news is going on. Uh, I think initially they probably want to like slow roll the rookie in. I, like I've been saying, maybe week four to six or something like that. But now that Jonathan Taylor is out, this is their best weapon. So now you got to go to your very next best weapon, which would be the rookie, Anthony Richardson. So I think now they're trying to get him up to speed a lot quicker. Uh, so he may start week one now that this whole Jonathan Taylor news is going on. How much does that change where you'd be willing to draft? He he he's definitely skated up the board. Um, you know how we feel about these uh mobile quarterbacks. You know what I mean? So All I right. definitely think it, it I don't want to know. Oof. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say, and this is kind of jumping out the window, but he may be a top seven quarterback now. Oh. Due to the legs, because let's talk about it. In I mean, the draft or where he'll end up? No, he should be. If he's if okay. he's announced a starter week one, he should be a top seven to eight quarterback. Because, I mean, think about it. We've seen Taysom Hill be a quarterback one. He's not even really a quarterback. We've seen Tebow, when he was a starter, be a QB one. 
And then I think these are guys who have a lesser arm than this guy who probably run the ball better than both of those guys. So right. with that being said, I mean, he got to be in the top that top 10. You know, that's just he got to be. But I'm going to go up to maybe seven or eight and okay. say he got to be in that range now if he's if he's listed as a starter. Not a whole lot else going on with quarterbacks um, other than who's going to play in the preseason and who isn't. Not much fantasy relevancy there. We have a few injuries or people coming back from injuries as far as running back is concerned. We have Kenneth Walker, the third, who is running full speed now. So it looks like the growing injury is kind of behind him. And uh, Charbonnet, that Charbonnet, a rookie, might not get the run that we kind of may have thought that he was going to get based on uh, the injury to Walker. Um, Marlon Mack is snake bitten, man. This dude, this dude, he, his Achilles is done. But at least he got hired before he got hurt. So at least he's going to get a check this year. So, I mean, there's that part. Fantasy relevant, though. Kevin Harris of New England, he's now getting more snaps and bites at the apple than his counterpart, Pierre Strong Jr. So Harris may be one of those dynasty diamonds that you can kind of, you know, throw in that uh, back end of your bench that, that may come to fruition if New England doesn't get a veteran running back, because right now Ty Montgomery is the only other running back um, in, in the backfield, and he's dealing with a leg injury, and he's no stranger to injury in general. So how are we feeling about Kevin Harris, Joe? I'm actually liking it. As as you told me the news about it before the show, I was just like, I can see it. He he has a similar skill, he has a similar skill set to uh, Damian Harris. And I think that's where I, I'm seeing a similarity. They tried to work out for Ned, Borden, and Zeke. I, I'm not saying he has anything close to them, but maybe that's where the skills that they lean into, more of a physical back, a more change of pace from, you know, Ramon J. Stevens. So I, I'm liking that move. I think it does have some relevancy to fantasy. Another injury that um, we pretty much could have put on the calendar that it was going to happen. But I'm more so interested in what happens behind this guy now. Jeff Wilson Jr. leaves with an injury on Wednesday's practice. Injury is currently undisclosed, but before he got injured, rookie Devon Akine was already kind of showing out. Um, his teammate, Tyreek Hill, was basically saying, this guy can run through you, run around you, run past you, whatever he got to do. And Wilson and Mostart, always get hurt let's just call a thing a thing so how far does i kind of shoot up your board now bear who's been talking about this kid <laughs> i mean he's already to me he's already going to be the rb1 eventually it just had to be when it was going to happen it just may happen a lot sooner now um right because most dirt he may get hurt tomorrow you know what i mean so it's just one of those things those guys so um yeah, I mean, I've been had him right sitting right there. So, but the one thing about that, keep your eye on this Dalvin Cook news, right? right. Because okay. that, that's, that's the one thing that can maybe railroad our kinds rise to fame a lot quicker. I mean, the I they may be out. It seemed like Cook was maybe doing the whole "Who loved me more" thing, right? And the Jets was just you know maybe a a. a just a pawn in this whole scheme of his. So um just watch the out. Patriots were too. <laughs> right. So watch out for right. having cook news to Miami, especially because they may if Wilson's out, then they're gonna bring another running back, maybe. So mm. that's true too. Uh, now 
we saw news of Kareem Hunt going and working out for New Orleans, which kind of puzzled me because of all the running backs that they have there. And then shortly after that, we saw the news that the coach had already offered him more money and that he was likely going over to Indy. But now, you know, time has passed. and He didn't sign there either. So what do we have going on with Hunt here? Who got the bigger bag? Um, it's like a, these. you thought running backs were a fraternity before. With how they're being treated as of late, they're really sticking together, coming together, things like that. So it's really have really become all about the dollar. Um, from what I've been hearing, uh, before he was even able to step foot and have a physical, they call with a bigger offer. So that right. was the thing that made him get on the – I mean, I think it's a better situation as far as getting on the field. Um, yeah, less for sure. You know, but uh, the money is flat out. And, I mean, honestly, like, you had the JT situation going on, but either, even if JT was there to start, he'd still be better off being an Indy. He would definitely be the uh, RB2 there versus going to the Saints, who might end up cutting them based on the amount of – RBs they already have in camp. So, you know, that that would be a, a good spot for him. But as far as Dalvin Cook, I know y'all brought up Dalvin Cook. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do. Um, it's kind of interesting that he's been to three different teams now, and apparently he's not satisfied with the money that any of these teams are, are putting out there, and that's the reason he hasn't signed anywhere yet. So maybe he continues to wait. Who knows? Um there's a few wide receivers that are either coming off of injury or were just injured. You got Garrett Wilson. Uh, he's not on any team drills or anything like that just yet. Uh, he's still coming back from that ankle injury. And then you have Rashad Bateman, who just came off of the pup list. So, Joe, I know Bateman was one of your guys last year. And the theme, the, the running theme is if Joe brings up a guy, the year after he brings him up, he's going to be a stud. So, so is, is this Bateman's year? Is he going to be a stud this year? Or did he wait a year too late now that Odell Beckham Jr. is there in Zay Flowers? Uh, you know, it's 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 the truth. I done sat here and thought about how many times we done, I done got wrong about something then the year after, a year too late. I, I, it's always wrong. I think just delayed. <laughs> yeah, just a, a, a year late, right? I think with uh, with Bateman, I think he's a really good player. I think, you know, the health is just something else. The Lens Frank is a big injury and a tall tax to ask somebody to come back from. But his skill set, right? I think that's the thing that we I'm still heavy on. I think he's a good player, but they got Zay Flowers. That's why I'm like, I'd rather just sit back and watch this move. As much as I like him, Odell is doing relatively well. I think, you know, going to Vantage Point with Isaiah uh, Likely that he spoke and mentioned so much of last season – that's a guy who's been standing out catching a lot of passes. I think he's still a good player, but I think respectively, I, I just rather see the dust settle before I kind of could give it to Bateman. Respect, respect. We got a couple of other injuries. Uh, Chase Claypool suffers a hamstring injury on Wednesday, and then Jalen Waddle also suffered an injury right now undisclosed. But how are we feeling about these uh, wide receiver cores if these are long-term injuries? We know that, you know, ankles and hamstrings, calves, things of that nature, your lower extremity injuries can kind of rear their ugly heads later on in the season or may take several weeks to truly get over. Are we worried about these guys at all? Not really. I mean, people knocking the rust off right now. It's going to be a little few tweaks here and there. Um, but 
I think, you know, they just it's more precautionary for a lot of these guys. Um, you know, so like a guy like Waddle, that's not like an injury I'm concerned about. You know what I mean? I know. But with guys like Claypool, I mean, who guys who may already be on the bubble per se on their, you know, um, their teams or whatever, those are maybe some guys you want to watch, but nothing, nothing I'm concerned about right now. Now, Joe, I got a question for you because I know you're the rookie aficionado here. Right, the right. Colts first depth chart is listing Isaiah McKenzie as the third receiver ahead of Josh Downs. Is this just respect to a vet? Or do we think McKenzie can actually beat Josh Downs out, at least for the you know first part of the season or so? So I'm about to throw a curveball in there. Addison's okay. on fourth on the depth chart for the Vikings. So am I going to take <laughs> – and we, we've we been hearing all news that he's been cooking. I think, you know, Isaiah McKenzie is a great player. It's more so development, my personal opinion. With, like we alluded to earlier with tight end, I think it's a learning curve even with wide receivers because that now it's not just you learn, you know, line up at one, you know, part of the field. You got to know the entire field. And I think that comes with a process. It comes with you also learning everybody runs routes differently. You know, one scheme, you know, a curl might look like this to one, you know, receiving group. And on another team, it looks like another. I think, you know, coming from a collegiate level and learning how to do that, it takes time. But I think he's just as great as a player, uh, even going as far as JSN. JSN has been taking reps with the ones, but relatively speaking on the depth chart, he's at sitting at, you know, at four right now as well, too. So I think as training camp goes on, you know, I think the indicator isn't always just training camp. We got to get that 53. You know, I think that 53 is more telling. I mean, hey, real quick, man, you got to beat John. At four. So yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I was like, really, Atlanta? Like, who who you who you trying to fool? Like, what's the what's the purpose of this? Like, are you are you really trying to, you know, throw a team off? Like, like really? I mean, ain't nobody's falling for that. But now Jonathan Mingo of Carolina, they're mm-hmm. listing him as a starter. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's like the tale of several different stories here. Some teams are listing kids where they really shouldn't be. And then this one kind of throws it off a little bit that Mingo is already a starter. And you got cats like Adam Thielen and um, what's, what's your boy that um, he was supposed to have been having such a great offseason. I forget his name. He done been there like two or three years now. but. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Terrence Martin. They, they were talking a couple of months ago about how he was tearing it up on the field and that he, how he might be the wide receiver one or whatever. And you know, I, I'm just like, okay, something got to give. Everybody can't be a starter. So, what are we doing here? Carolina has a, a interesting, uh, interesting issue. Like, do, do we think this is just a motley crew of receivers? I mean, then they still have DJ Chart as a, mm-hmm. a um, an option as well. So. Is it just, you know, any given Sunday with these guys or who's going to get injured first? Because Thielen and Shark get hurt all the time. And Marshall's been hurt a lot, too. So Honestly, I expected Mingo to be a starter when he got drafted. Um, so I'm not surprised. I mean, Thielen will be probably the slot guy. And then the other guy will probably be either Marshall or Shark. One of those guys probably better off of that other, other side. But I expected Mingo to be a starter with what they have on the roster. It's not like a whole lot to choose from. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, that pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop right into our draft strategy.
there's so many different avenues that you can take as far as maximizing the draft. Um, one of the things that uh, is tip top on the list is just letting the draft come to you. Um, you can have a strategy in mind that you can kind of, you know, throw out there. Once you see how the first few rounds go, there may be certain strategies that kind of make sense. But let's start out, uh, Vander, with talking about how to let the draft just come to you. Well, I mean, this is one of those strategies where it depends on where you're drafting that in your league as well. Um, so the strategy got to match the position you are in. Um, I wouldn't advise going. Well, we, we'll get to those and I'll let you know if I advise or not. But letting the draft fall to you is not um, jumping out the window, waiting for your guy to come to you. Now, if you, yeah. a lot of people have a, they really like a guy, and then they'll just, you know, just, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a crazy story. Um, I was in this league. Matter of fact, we, we, worked, we worked together before, but I was in this league, and this dude was a Cowboy fan. In the first round of the draft, he picked the Cowboys defense. I've never seen this done. <laughs> what is this? You know what I'm saying? So he was just that fanned out. So a lot of people that usually don't let the draft fall to them are the fans of particular players or particular teams, and then they'll reach for a certain guy. Um, so I think, you know, that's just, just, just relax. Let the players fall as they may. Most of the time you'll get surprises. You know, you ask all to do that you don't expect. So that's the thing that comes more than anything. But uh, just don't, don't, don't jump out the window, man. Just kind of let it flow. Be water, let it flow, right? (laughs) Joe, holler at us about the zigzag strategy. Man, and this is something I've been uh, trying to practice. And I think, honestly, most times we go into the draft, some of us know the day before, right? Some of us know weeks in advance, but some of us get that 30 minutes, right, before we lock in. And I think the zigzag strategy is really, you know, one of those things. It's, it's just going on the fly. It's just, you're just taking the best thing available, but also you're watching the flow of the entire draft because you already know how it works out. You might think it's going to be a running back heavy draft, and then it might be quarterbacks depending on the format, or it might be running backs, wide receivers. And it's just being able to just be, like you said, be liquid, being able to pivot from position to position and getting the best value. You, like you said, you might be in love with a guy. You might think highly of it. But if you take your eyes off of, you know, what's in front of you, you might miss, you know, that, you know, A.J. Brown slipped to the third. I had that happen in one of the mock drafts I was a part of today where somebody just let him fall in my lap. I was like, oh, okay. So just always, just you know, dealing with best value, taking the best player. I think that's a great strategy for somebody who has to just 30 minutes before the draft. There you go. Best strategy. You know, whatever you whatever you see, you know, I think it's really good to hone in with the zigzag strategy. If you're on short, you're not somebody who, who mocks a lot. Simple. Just go with something like that. And just that's, that's, that's more of a novice strategy to me. Um, just taking the best available. That Taking the best available to me is not a strategy. It's just you taking the best man available. Um, also with the zigzag, I want to tell people, keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times in these drafts, they would look, try to, you know, toggle through other teams and see who else is picking what. And then you will get lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Not to follow somebody else's strategy. So keep your eyes on your own paper. Stick to your guns. 
and and draft your guys. Who cares what everybody else is doing? Do your thing, and then at the end you will see. You know what I mean? So, absolutely. And, and just to put a bow on that and on that part of draft strategy, essentially what ends up happening if you follow behind other people. Let's say, for instance, RB goes off the board quickly, right? So let's say five RBs go off back to back to back to back. If you panic and say, oh, my goodness, RBs are being taken. I need an RB. What you just did was you got the seventh, eighth, ninth best RB versus getting the best wide receiver. It, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It don't line up. So then you also keep yourself from being able to make trades because why would I trade you the better running back when you're trying to give me the guy that was picked, you know, eighth off the board? When really what you could have done was pick one of the better other positions. Right. And then even if you wanted one of those top uh, running backs, you can give up one of those top wide receivers, top tight ends, top quarterbacks, whatever the case may be, to get that guy. But when you just follow behind the trend, especially if you aren't the one setting the trend, you're just on the back, you're, you're on the back end of it and you're not getting the best value. You're also not even getting anywhere. You're still better off doing what Joe said and just picking the best person on the board versus going the direction of everybody else just took quarterback, so let me get mine. Everybody else just took wide receiver, so let me get mine. Because then you're always behind. So you guys that find yourself drafting at the back end of the round, don't just say, well, I got to get a quarterback um, because everybody else just got one. Like parlaying over to our two QB league and our super flex um, strategies, right? If someone else went heavy on, on quarterbacks, what you don't want to do is now get the fifth, sixth, seventh best quarterback off of the board versus getting the best running back, best wide receiver, because you don't even have anything to trade. Because once they start getting wide receivers and running backs, now you're on the back end of that as well. So you end up on the back end in all positions when you follow other people to uh, to Vander's point as far as keeping your eyes on your own paper. So uh, but give us some I, I know two QB leagues are kind of rare. You see Superflex a whole lot more than two QB. But Vander, give us some tips as far as how to navigate the choppy waters of a two QB league. Well, I think the first thing you want to do is. What kind of team are you going to have? What is going to be your strength of your team? I think a lot of people do too much picking around. So when the when the draft is over, then they look at the team and like your team has no identity. Um, right. So and it goes back to what you were saying, setting the trend. Um, do your keep your eyes on your own paper. Do your thing, and it all depends on where you fall at in the draft. Um, but for a super flex league, which is kind of could be like a two quarterback league in a way. Um, myself, I like to go heavy in one position. I want to kind of like exhaust one position. Um, say for instance, in the super flex league I was in, we drafted in my mind, I already knew the first six rounds I was going to take running backs, no matter what, I was going to take the best available running back the first six rounds because of the slots. It had two running backs, three receivers. Then it had like three flex spots and then like the super flex spot. So my mind, like, if I can get the top six, you know, running back being kind of the stronger position, a lot of people think, even though it's kind of move over to receiver now, how the league has changed, I went, I wanted to go strong in that one position because I knew on the back end when guys went to go take their running backs and and uh, take, you know, that position, I'll already be strong in it. So I kind of wanted to attack a position. Same thing with wide receiver heavy. 
you just want to take, I'm gonna take the six best wide receivers I could take. So you just want to, you kind of want to attack a position in a way. So that's how I do. I, I pick one position I want, I attack that position, and then I'll fill it in as it go along during the rest of the draft. And just to distinguish for those of you that aren't familiar, two QB leagues means that you don't have a choice but to play two quarterbacks. Right. Superflex, you can start whoever you want to. You can put a running back in there. You can put a tight end in there. You can put a wide receiver in there. It's a lot more forgiving. Um, so, Joe, what you got on the strategy as far as 2B, 2QB and Superflex are concerned? Man, I feel like, you know, it, everything that you have before, like, you know, RB0, wide receiver 0, go out the window. Your first priority within my my honest opinion to be really successful within the first five rounds, you need to have at least two quarterbacks. The main thing is that I've noticed is that you want to procure those elite quarterbacks. Though, if you can, anyway, don't hear what I'm not saying. If you have opportunity to procure, you know what I mean, anywhere from the Herberts, the Lamars, uh, you know, anything like that in the first round, for example, and then, you know, you still can pick a position of value, wide receiver, running back, the next two rounds. On the turn, you should be having, you know, a Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, a golf, you know what I mean, a, a Kirk Cousins. You need to snag you snag those before you go to the tier threes of the QB groups, and that's where honestly, that's where the, the money is made, right? Once you go into three or lower, they not you know it's boom or bust as far as week to week. You want to maximize how much somebody is going to be able to do at one position, but also too with your strategy again, staying liquid. I like that term that we used earlier. This is where, like you said, you got the flex spot to have opportunity within the super flex of the tight end, the wide receiver, and running back. So like he said earlier, you know, one thing can always flow to the, another discussion. You got to make sure you have an identity of your team. Once you know that you got five, six, seven, or one, two, three, you want to kind of prioritize how this works for me, but you're just keeping an extra eye out on quarterback because you don't want to fall, in my opinion, lower than tier three. You're not going to be able to win much as super flex as far as that versus the added versatility. Real, real quick, though. Real quick, knowing where guys fall at in the ranking is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Like Joe said, okay, he want to make sure he get a quarterback with the first couple picks. Me, I don't, right? I see it different. Like we just spoke about, I was just saying Richardson could very well be a top seven quarterback, but that's not where he's ranked. So if I'm going on quarter, if I'm already going running back heavy, I got the Derrick Henry, I got Saquon, I probably got Pollard, I got Mixon, I got all these dudes on my team already. So by the time he's ready to go pick his running back, it may be he may be a Pacheco. But see, I got Anthony Richardson now with my pick as a quarterback. So he got Mahomes, but I got Anthony Richardson. There's going to be a lot of weeks that Mahomes scored 20, Richardson going to score 20. I mean, you have you have a, a guy with a higher ceiling is what I'm saying. So if you can go ahead and go heavy in a position and, and get that, knowing with some of these, these boom guys at, rank wise and that's for every position not just quarterback because there's going to be some some running backs that's going to be low like a maybe um maybe like a madison who has a kind of lower rank right now yeah um, or a david montgomery type or something right. like that so it, and it goes so it goes both ways so whether you go strong wide receiver you can find that that boom running back later or if you go strong quarterback then you can find that boom receiver later like it, it's so knowing what guys are ranked at pre, pre-draft is extremely important to find those boom players. And again, going back to our original premise, you know, stay liquid because 
the way you end up going may be based upon what you did in that first, second or third round. And you went into it without saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. But, you know, this wide receiver failed to me. And then another wide receiver failed to me. That's a wide receiver one as well. Well, because I have flex spots to fill and I may just go ahead and go wide receiver heavy because that's the way it failed to me. Or I may end up, let's say, me, me and Vander are kind of along the same line of thinking as far as QB is concerned. I do want to have my one QB that I can kind of count on week in, week out. But then I don't mind having the cousins of the world, the uh, the Jared Goffs of the world, um, that the, the Russell Wilsons of the world. Like I, I can I can navigate those choppy waters, and they can just be you know whoever has the best matchup coming up that week versus saying well. I'm because it's the two QB league. My first two picks are going to be quarterbacks. And now I got subpar starters starting everywhere else. And I'm trying to figure out every week who my starter is because I don't have those two positions solidified. It's it's really easy to verify, even if you pick a QB late, who your starter is. But as far as wide receiver running back, those are positions I like to set it and forget it. So I'm more likely to, you know, go wide receiver running back unless, uh, you know, two wide receivers fall to me and then maybe start looking at QB in a two QB or super flex situation around, you know, third, fourth, fifth round. But to Joe's point, I may still end up with two quarterbacks before round five. They just might not be my first two picks. So it, it you really have to just allow it to to come to you. Look at a combination of value, a combination of okay. Another thing is too, who's who has the easiest schedule in the beginning of the season? A lot of people don't look at schedules, but what can happen is you can get someone who's quote unquote subpar, but they put up points the first three or four weeks, and you ship them on off to somebody that think they're gonna do that all year, but didn't realize they're going against their toughest competition come playoff time. So I really just set you up for me to be able to beat you when it matters the most. So these are things that you got to really think about as as you, you know, you have to think about before you draft. Um, another uh, late round QB, we, we kind of alluded to that, but stack up with, you know, three or four QBs in a row in the two in the two QB or super flex situation, round six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know. Your rookie, in many cases, your rookie may your rookies may be available. You know, you may have your it may be a quarterback that people are scared off of that, that may be available. But if I think like your Derek Carr's of the world, your Sam Howell's of the world, um, yeah, if you Purdy. stacked up, Brock Purdy, there you go. So, But if you stacked up at running back and wide receiver and you can count on those positions every week, well, even bad quarterbacks normally put up 15 to 20 points in any given week. Right. So I'd rather have the running back and wide receiver that I know I don't have to worry about. And as long as the quarterback just isn't God awful that week, you aren't going to tank my team. So there are, you know, different ways to look at it, but speak on the uh, late round QB thought process, man. Again, if you pick in late round quarterbacks, then you want to go with the guys like um, you was alluding to. um, The Tanny Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Right. Um, if 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 you build your team around quarterback heavy, in a way, right? Like you you got to have Mahomes, you got to have Herbert, a Burrow. You trying to tell me there won't be no weeks that Burrow maybe got fifteen? True. So now look what you did to your team. 
So you might have went head to head with a guy. You got Burrow. Maybe he didn't have a good day. He had 16 points. And maybe this dude got Sam Howell, who got 16 as well. 16 points, yeah. So then how is this thing going to look? Because you you didn't beef up the rest of the positions, and this guy over here missed out on some of those positions. So I think you'd be – I just think quarterback is a lot closer than a lot of his other positions, if that makes sense. I think wide receivers, wide receivers are a huge gap. Running back is a lot closer, but quarterback is even closer. Yeah. It's also going off the scoring in your league that you're in. Yes. Well, that, that plays a, a huge part. So if you're getting points for big plays or, you know, six points for touchdown passes, then, then yeah, that's going to make a big difference. I mean, the Mahomes and those guys are going to be a lot more valuable. Uh, then, also, uh, how many points are deducted with an interception? Correct. Right. I mean, so if you already spoke on like Mayfield and Trask, guys like that, who's probably going to be, if, if if given opportunity, going to be throwing upward of 20 picks a year, 20 picks mm-hmm. this year, something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's knowing you're scoring in your league as well is going to play a major part. So. Joe, talk to us a little bit about the difference between wide receiver heavy and hero wide receiver and the best way to go about handling both of those. Yeah, man. So I think um, going with the hero wide receiver, um, most times people just it's just more so capitalize on a, a wide receiver early and then foregoing that for the next, you know, several rounds or so just to, you know, capitalize on other the other vacancies left on the team. I think that's a good strategy as well, too. And then obviously the zero uh, wide receiver. Uh, I like getting running back. So going back to to Vander's point, like you said, I think to me, the main thing is getting a, the elite runners. The boom or bust on elite running backs is way is way less likely than when you have the lesser known commodities. So CMC, like to your point, if he was having a bad week, that's still 10 points, 12 points. But the upside is 30, 40, you know, 50 points because of what he's able to do. So I think capitalizing on those elite running backs early are great because once we get to the fifth or sixth round, which now is Ramondre, is uh Joe Mixon. It's uh you know Hold some up, of the we we we're gonna get to the RBs in a second. Oh Throughout yeah, some of the wide receivers. Oh the wide oh yeah. Back. Let me get back to wide receivers. But within that that wide that wide receiver strategy, uh zero wide receiver, I think it it, it really works. I like the target volume. That's the one thing too. If I'm gonna target somebody, you know, as far as wide receivers in the later rounds, or just add an additional wide receivers, I'm going for volume. I'm going for people to get a lot. Like I'm a I love this guy to death, Deontay Johnson. Somebody who's gonna get 140 targets every season. If I'm gonna go that late uh into the you know the draft as far as wide receiver, going into the power like that, a Jordan Addison who we know is in a team that's a pass heavy team who's gonna get a lot of targets. I think it's a lot of added value sometimes, uh, depending on what you you know preclude, you know, further earlier on in the draft to kind of go back and target those high value players. A DJ Moore who's underlooked because of uh Justin Phil is going in later rounds. This man is a dog by himself. I think, you know, it's not asking him much to have a good season. So uh, those strategies are pretty good. Um, I, you know, I just enjoy all of them. I'm a fan of every strategy in some sense. Vander, what you got on the uh, wide receiver heavy and the hero wide receiver? The, the wide receiver heavy is my favorite. Um, but you only want to do this strategy if you're picking at the back of your draft. Right. You don't want to be the second person in the draft and you take or the first person and you take Justin Jefferson. That's not wise because then it's going to take you another, maybe it depends on how big your league is. 
They could be another 13, 14 picks, maybe 16 picks till you pick again. So how strong wide receiver are you really going to go if those many guys went before you pick again? Uh, so me, I love to go strong wide receiver, especially when picking at the back of the draft, because wide receiver is a position that people kind of like want to go back to later. They don't go this strategy a lot. It's not very popular. It has become more popular in the leagues I've been in because I've been doing it for years. Uh, but I love to look at my team when you see I got Justin Jefferson, I got Devontae Adams, and now I got Garrett Wilson. You know, those are my first three wide receivers. Oh, it's been times I have something like Jefferson, Cup, Tyreek Hill. And then, and then when the draft is over, everybody's looking like, oh, how do, you, how do you do that? How do you get up? You know what I mean? So then you could take some of these guys that Joe was talking about and use them as trade bait to get some of the running backs that you wanted to get. Because there's going to be a lot of value. Say, for instance, if you go hero uh, wide receiver, you're able to get, um, let's say you get Chase, and then you come back and you get a Devonta, and then you get a Garrett Wilson. Guess what? That next pick, you can get maybe a Calvin Ridley. So this is a very popular player right now that's shooting up boards, but he's now maybe not your starter. Maybe he's your bench guy. Now you could take that value and go get that running back that you missed out on because you went strong in these other in his wide receiver position. So when you go heavy on hero wide receiver, you want to take the receivers that's not starters or they're not listed as starters on your team, but will be starters on other teams and use them as trade value to acquire the running back that you missed out on, to acquire the quarterback that you missed out on. So this is my favorite strategy to do. You definitely want to do this when you're at the back of a draft. You don't want to do it at the front of a draft. Now, you have a few different RB strategies. You have the RB heavy strategy. You have the hero RB strategy and the zero RB strategy. Um, for me, in today's game, it's really going to be dependent upon if we're talking PPR, half-point PPR, standard. Uh, most people are playing either half-point or full PPR, but I'll start out with standard. Um, if it's standard, I'm probably going heavy RB because I'm looking at touchdowns more so than I'm looking at weekly yard output. And your running backs are much more likely to get the touchdowns. Um, and if I'm not getting a point per reception, I'm definitely less likely to go zero RB because with the zero RB strategy, I can get guys that are going to give me double digit points just because, you know, they're going to get 50 yards and catch five balls. So I, I don't really have to go, you know, top level RB. I can go, you know, heavy wide receiver. I can go ahead and get that, you know, high quality quarterback out of the way because there'll be a ton of guys as far as running backs are concerned that are minimally going to get that 50 yards, five catches, or they may look up and get a touchdown in a given week. But my favorite strategy amongst the RB strategy is a hero RB. Go ahead and, and, and get that RB one position solidified, a guy that barring injury, he's your guy. And you can always find or trade for somebody to fill in that um, second spot. Now, if we're looking at a uh, a league where you have several flex spots, I'm more likely to go RB heavy. If it's only in a traditional league where you have, you know, two RBs, three wide receivers, no flex, then I'm probably going to punt the position other than what, but I'll do the hero. I'll go ahead and get that first guy. And then I can always fill in that second running back position. So as far as RB is concerned, it really does depend on your settings. Um, it also depends, to me, on knowing your league. If 
if it's a league that I've been in for like some years and I kind of know and understand the ebbs and flows of the league, I'll probably do things a little bit different than if I've never drafted with a group of individuals before. I'll, I'll probably play it a little bit more safe if I've never drafted with individuals before because I don't know where the you know, zigs and zags are going to come from. But like say for instance in the league that we're in, Barry, that uh, it's, it's been what, 12, 13 years now we've been in this league? It's a standard league with no flex spots. So for me, I would prefer to have those top-notch wide receivers and be able to fill in the RB spots versus going RB heavy. And then there are three positions for wide receiver, only two positions for running backs. And now every week I'm trying to figure out what hodgepodge of, of you know wide receiver two, wide receiver three, I'm going to try to end up starting. And then, God forbid, one of them get hurt. Like then, then you really, you know, you, you either trading or you you hoping and wishing as far as what's on your bench. So you just you know, started that though. Say again. You just started that. Nah, uh, that's not true. That's not true. That's 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 not true. That's that's not true. Now, now I, I would hey, draft a running that. back with my first pick. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. my next two three picks was wide receiver. Yeah. Follow the leader, yeah. man. Look, come aboard. We got the same oh, amount of chips. Don't do that. But come aboard, but I'm there every year. And but this is the thing, right? People gotta know these things are connected. The zero running back and the hero wide receiver are connected. There you go. Think about yep. it. If you're going zero running back, that means you're not picking one, right? So that means you you're attacking another position. Something else. Yep. So go that route. And um, I know Joe, he was talking about the receivers. And and I can give you guys some idea of the guys you're gonna see. If you're going hero strong, then the, the running backs that be looking in your face would probably be the Madisons by the time that time comes around. You may see uh uh AJ Dillon, maybe who knows? You're gonna see guys that's that's down there. You know, those are gonna be the names that you're probably staring at. If you go strong running back, then the receivers you're probably staring at, you may see a JSN. Um, you may see a, um uh who else would probably be there? Definitely a Mike Evans who has slid in a lot of – and that's fine too. So it depends on what works for you. Alan Lazard will probably be in that in, in that position. Mm-hmm. Would you, know, you rather have like McCaffrey? Christian Watson? Uh, let's say – would you rather have McCaffrey, Gibbs, and Evans? Or would you rather have Chase, Cup, and Madison? So that's how I view it. That's and when I look at those two guys, those two scenarios beside each other, I'd rather take the Madison because I know it's gonna be weeks that Madison can score what McCaffrey scores. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's gonna be maybe not many weeks that Evans is scoring what Justin Jefferson is scoring or what Cup is scoring. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's all about what works for you. But for me, I think I can find 80 yards and a touchdown in a running back a whole lot easier than I could find. 100 yards and a touchdown in a wide receiver in this league. And with the zero RB strategy, um, right now, there's there's some guys that, that are going to have some weeks that are going to be available to you if you went ahead and, you know, let's say if we were looking at, based on uh, current ADP, right, let's say the first five rounds, you went three wide receivers, two quarterbacks, and a super flex league. You're still going to have guys like Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, 
Cam Akers, uh, James Conner, David Montgomery, Zach Charbonnet, Shamaj J.P. Ryan, uh, Devon Ikein, uh, Antonio Gibson, Jamal Williams, uh, Jared McKinnon. You're going to have guys like Tank Bigsby, Raheem Mostar, Tyler Allegier, Jerome Ford, Chase Brown. Like, they're going to be guys, especially if you're talking about a PPR league, they're going to be plenty of guys that are going to be able to put up double-digit points every week. So if you have the upper echelon of quarterback and wide receiver, and then you have a running back that gets five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown, oh, you won that game. Unless something else went completely awry or somebody else on the other team just blew up, you set yourself up to win. So in many cases, I'm more likely to go zero RB because I know the guys that are going to still be putting up points that are in the mid to late rounds with wide receiver. It's a, it's a dart throw. Once you, once you get past a certain round, um, you may have a good feeling about somebody, but it, it's not going to be consistent unless you're looking at schemes where let's say, for instance, if you know the slot guy in a particular scheme gets more targets than, than not like, Joe brought up before, um, Deontay Johnson. He might not be a sexy name, but based on targets, he's going to be solid in a PPR, even if he's not scoring a touchdown. So you kind of have to know what you're looking at versus just, you know, pointing and clicking. Or And please, 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 don't just pick the guy that the computer says should be the next guy up. That oh, is yeah. like... That, that is the worst thing that you can do in most cases because I've never seen a team where the computer drafted the team win a championship. And that's other people just had no idea what they were doing. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about as well when to draft the tight end. What you got on that, Joe? Man, honestly, I've kind of pivoted away from getting tight ends early. I feel like, you know, if you're in a position, and that, this is a rare one, right? Like, because, like you said, now everything's really flowing towards, you know, to have, you know, elite wide receivers, the elite running backs. If I'm not able to get, let's cut it off at like Darren, uh, Darren Waller. I think Waller is going to be like my cutting off point. I'm a wait, man. Like, I'm, for example, I'm big on Sam Laporta, for example. He's going in the 11th to 13th round. I can get so much value in depth going so many other positions. And then come fall back on a guy who I know is a starter who's going to have some type of value in a high, you know, octane offense, or even going to a Gerald uh, Everett that I like, another guy I like. I know if off the bat, Herbert loved to target his tight ends, 25% target share, go right to them tight ends. And Everett, you know, had three games with injury, and his numbers reflect that, and he on the low. That's a come up. So, you know, when I look at tight ends, if I can't get, like I said, the cutoff for me is going to be at Waller, Goddard. I'm going to kind of wait and find, you know, that that best value or somebody who, who fits that can be a handcuff. Like, again, if I got a Herbert, I'm going to get, uh, you know, Everett. If I got, you know, a Ter- uh, Lawrence, I'm going to go get an uh, Ingram. If I can, hand- if, you know, after I get the elite guys, I'm looking for either a handcuff or a player of value that's going to be featured in the offense at that point. What you got on that, Ben? If you're not getting Kelsey. And, and now with Andrews, I'm not sure where he's going to fall. But if you're not getting these guys, number yeah. one, don't have your team kind of already, you know, kind of have a base of a team before you go get a Kelsey because you got to know what you're really doing. 
Don't pick Kelsey with your second pick, man. I see it all the time. I'm not a fan of it. You know what I mean? Uh, if you're not getting no that guy, then you can wait extremely late to get a tight end. Like I'm okay with the uh, uh, Schultz, like you said, uh, Ken. Uh, um, hell, I'm maybe a Noah fan. Let's look at how many people selected Kyle Pitts last year early, and look what they happened to them. Mm. You know what? Yeah. You know the value you could have got in that same round that you picked Pitts in. You was, and and that person, you could have got a fire move to somebody late. You know what I mean? And be yeah. and too good. So, I'm not a fan of picking tight end early at all. I look at Kelsey as a wide receiver. So if I'm going hero wide receiver, there you go. And I'm able to get my three strong wide receivers. And just so happen people let Kelsey fall. If you don't fall to the oh, third, he ain't falling that late. <laughs> right. So I'm not in only for me to go in the first, second round. Again, if a if a if a Andrews or maybe even a Waller, if they was to fall to beat in round four or five, then okay, cool. I I may try something. But if you're not getting one of those guys in those rounds, don't do it, man. Just don't pick a tight end at all. I'll wait till late, extremely late in the draft to grab one of those guys. Because at that point, Everybody is this. Everybody's close. It's like Kelsey, Andrews, Kettle. But I'm gonna tell you this though. I I don't know that Andrews is gonna be where he used to be. Because when Andrews was up there, there were no other pass catchers in Baltimore. They don't that's have that I, issue no more. That's why I said I want to see what Andrews looked like in this offense. But I mean, the tight end is a a position that's used in this offense as well. Um, we see it in Georgia, but. There's a lot of two tight end sets as well. So I think likely could, you know, maybe play a little Either bit. Either way a little bit, yeah. In this system than in the Andrews system. So, yeah, I think Kittle's going to take a little rise up. He's going to get back to where he used to be with Purdy. He's got to hope he don't get hurt. Right, right. With Purdy? No, Kittle, Kittle. Well, both of them, actually. I think Kittle, I think they connected. Yeah. Know. I you know, agree. That's why I said both of them. Because right. if either one of them get hurt, it's going to be a drastic difference in the outcome for either one that that didn't get hurt. Again, don't like I always don't sleep on a uh, Ingram. Um, Absolutely. Yep. And, and that offense, man, we spoke on it many times before. He has never had a tight end finish less than I think six it was like the lowest when he was in Philadelphia. So that's that's somebody that you know is going to probably have a good base. When it comes to scoring, as far as your tight end hole, but me, I'll wait because there's, there's so many guys at tight end that can give me just a little something from week to week. Now I'm gonna tell you, there's one difference of opinion that I think we have right now. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey has been a top five pass catcher, period. Um, regardless of, you know, whether you're looking at tight end, looking at wide receiver, however you want to classify him, he's been top five, whether you, regardless of who you rank him against. Right. So for me, if I can have Kelsey solidify a position that most people are going to punt and hope for the best, that actually makes sense as my second pick. I wouldn't do it as my first pick. But the thing about it is this, right? In a lot of leagues, tight end is just one slot. Right. So it really doesn't help you as much. It I does. Points-wise, it's okay. basically like having two 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 Justin Jeffersons. I'm, I'm looking at weekly points. When, when you're talking – okay, look at it this way. Mm-hmm. By the time I pick again, the top five wide receivers may be gone. 
but I can get a guy that's going to rank as high as any five of them. No, but Kelsey's I mean, going early in drafts. He's not going lower than those. He's he's getting drafted like he's a top five wide receiver. So that's why I said if I can get him with my second pick, then I, I wouldn't necessarily punt the position. But I, but it's going to be it's really going to depend on the league though. But if I can start my my draft off with a, a Justin Jefferson and a Travis Kelsey, I, I'm I'm liking the direction that it's going in for me. Answer your question. Positionless. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or let's say Cooper Cup, a healthy Cooper Cup or Travis okay. Kelsey? So you put the caveat in that makes me pick Travis Kelsey because Cooper Cup hasn't finished a year in the last couple of years. I can't remember. What the year last that Kelsey did. No, 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 not last couple. That's just last year he got hurt. He's the number one wide receiver the year before. Was he the year before last he was number one? Okay, my fault, my fault. Um, well, I, I just or let's say a Devontae Adams or a Kelsey. So here, here's the thing again. If I can get Devontae with pick one, if if I'm choosing in the first round between the two, like they say, for instance, I'm, you know, 11 or 12, picking 11 or 12 or something like that, I'm going to go with the wide receiver. But if I can get a number one wide receiver and then come back to Kelsey, I love it. Because it's given me a guy that I, I don't have to worry about this position at all for the rest of the year other than the bye week. And he's going to be a top five, quote unquote, wide receiver anyway, as far as points are concerned. Now, let's say, for instance, if you had picked, you know, Chase last year and you thought he was going to be a top five wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out. Kelsey has been a top five receiver for years. Well, the only so reason why Chase, the only reason why Chase wasn't is because of injury. It wasn't because of he was on pace. Same, He's same on with uh, you know, picks. You know, I mean, it's a lot of people that no, end up getting in. No, 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 no. The difference with Pitts was when he was healthy, he wasn't doing anything. That's the difference. He I, I'll give you that because they, they weren't. They really weren't using him with They didn't even have wide receivers. That was weird. I, I don't know well, why they would. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll give you that, but. I, I just it's something about Kelsey solidifying that tight end position that just it, it hit different than any other tight end you can have in my humble. I just think um, with the the Kelsey thing, uh, it just you asking for him to fall to you. You got to be 10, 11, 12. And it's, it's the luck of the turn, because like you exactly. said, he's most likely going in that first round, if not 201 to 203. And so I feel like I agree with you. If he can fall to you, you in the back end of the draft, you pick 10, 11, 12, and he in the second round. So yes. what does a so real quick question? What does a person do? Because it's gonna be somebody out there that take Kelsey with their very first pick. If you're saying that. I don't know about no first but pick. If you if you say he's gonna be there at 12, like best wide receiver on board, then Kelsey. There's, there's a lot of 12 back picks. There's so many 12 team leagues. Right, right. So, but you got back-to-back -back picks. So, okay. So, where do you go? Um, best wide receiver on board, and then Travis Kelsey. No, okay. Let's see if it's a sixteen-team league. Because there's okay. a few going out there, right? Mm -hmm. What does that this guy? Be fourteen and sixteen. What does that guy do if he's going to take Kelsey at twelve? I think Kelsey will still be there at sixteen. No, no. If he take Kelsey at twelve or thirteen, what is your oh, okay. advice for him to do in round two? 
because you got to have a, a one thing about taking a, a guy that high, like a tight end, your first pick, you better know what you're doing. That you part, better yeah. know what you, you better For know sure. the you're going, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> For sure. tight end is not a, a sexy position, and it's definitely not a position you want to take in the first round, even though I like Kelsey, he's the GOAT, but mm. I mean, I, I, I would. I would suggest that that person go actually at that position, you know, best on board between wide receiver and running back. If you went with a Travis Kelsey, if you like pick 12 or 13 and you're in a 14 to 16 man league. Um, But I also wouldn't suggest picking Travis Kelsey in that particular scenario either. So I completely agree with you on that one. Now let's talk about lastly, how not to get lost in the sauce in mid to late rounds. Um, What I find is most drafts, or lost in one mid to late rounds because in the first few rounds, I mean, it's it's not that difficult. You're, you're getting guys that you know are going to produce barring injury, but then people just get stupid in the mid to late rounds, and that's when the Sharks can really, you know, eat up the guppies at that point. So, uh, Joe, why don't you start us off with your tips and tricks as far as not getting lost in late rounds? I think honestly, you gotta as much as you fall in love with players when you're making your rankings and stuff like that and setting them up, or however you strategy, however you get to your draft, you always gotta remember who's the key player in that, you know, or whatever position in the round. Cause you might be in love, like, oh man, uh we we said Madison. Alexander Madison fell to me. Oh my God, I love it. And then in reality, you know what I mean, in that same breath, a Gino, a golf, you know what I mean? Somebody who can, you know, who more likely to produce more yard, you know, more points for you week in and week out. You're leaving them on the table because of a play of interest. And those middle to late rounds, I think, yeah, have your guys that you like, have your favorites, but you got to be more aggressive to what's going on around you, you know, because we all, like you said, the, the good thing that's telling the, before the Sharks come out, what was the, what was the draft about? Was it heavy running back? Was it heavy, you know, tight end was a you know whatever the case might be before we get to the middle that's where people need something that's where the commodities are if something was you know if it was a run on you know running back or wide receiver you know now when it's time to pivot to a different position like a quarterback or a tight end etc i think you just got to be flexible you got to be really disciplined to what you you know throw the mock drafts out now you're in the real game you're in the real environment find the best value like you said, having an identity is better than having a favorite player. Right. If you know whatever your strategy is, you better have, you know, stick to that identity first. Bump the favorite players, get the best of the value each and every round. I think that's what I, I'm, I'm learning to do. I'm I'm more so identity this year. This, that's what I'm trying to make our money up this year, for real. What you got, Vander? I say the same thing. Um, but get don't forget to, you know, the strength of your team. Basically, if you went like a hero and something, right? And then you want to attack a different position, just keep attacking that same position. Once you kind of fill out the rest of your team in a way, then like like Joe said, the value comes into play then because these are the guys that you could probably move to get value that you missed out on early in the draft because you right. did strategies that you did. Um so knowing the guys, you know, doing your research and we're going to speak on it. You know, y'all just keep staying tuned. We're going to talk about some of these guys because there's going to be a lot of guys, maybe like a, a Kim Cade. There's going to be probably some guys yeah. at the bottom that's going to have a little more value later as the season go on. 
you could take these guys and maybe buy a higher guy that's slow to produce. Um, could we talk about that in the trade strategies as well? Um, that maybe start slow. Um, and you know, kind of bolster your team a little bit more. And think about it. If you went heavy in one position, you don't have to trade for that position. You're taking these other people and you're bolstering the position that you, you know, you didn't attack. So now your team is starting to look top heavy in, in, in all positions because knowing who the valuable guys was and able to where is like you talking about uh Akine, where is he at rank wise pre-draft right now? I think he's going in like around round eight, nine, ten, well, depending on running back what? Running back what? Oh, I'm I'm not sure if it's uh let me see. So a guy like that, right, who could very well be a starter on a on a, a very good run based team in that kind of offense could be gold if he's already centered around a top level wide receivers. Nah, and I see. I'm actually buying into the Chine uh, hype train, man. Well, I like the most recent comment that I heard. I think it was even just today that nobody looks at him as a gadget player. And I think that was the the thing I was most curious about coming to the next level. What? How would he fit out? Could we see, you know, Michael J- uh, James come from Oregon and a few other running backs? Not the same speed, but the same type of um, presence and, you know, what they have to do, a scat back rather. But I'm loving that how they're talking about him. It's big. And now with the loss of uh, Jeff Wilson, that's huge. You don't see most start catching passes nowhere. And they already had this kid at wide receiver from the news you gave us uh, not too long ago. You know, I'm starting right. to think yeah. I'm starting to get big on this kid now a little bit, too, man. I'm going to start mocking with him. Being in my board right now, he's a uh, he's running back thirty nine right now. I, I expect that to rise or to rise quite a bit, but he's at RB thirty nine right now. He's at thirty nine. Then now you see what I'm saying, guys. So when you go, with, like I say, my favorite strategy. So if I got Jefferson, Devontae, Garrett Wilson, like I'm looking strong. He's like, damn, his receivers are strong. And then I got a kind who doesn't seem like he's not a strong name. But when that production catches up and he's maybe getting RB1 looks, I'm already RB, I already got wide receiver ones. Now I just stole an RB1 from the bottom. You know what I mean? With him being ranked 39, this is the kind of guy you're going to definitely be able to get if you go strong wide receiver, things like that. So that's why I love that strategy more because you could find more diamonds in the rough at running back than you can at wide receiver. True. Because it's it's attached to targets. See, running back is not volume. attached to targets like yeah, like receivers are. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the volume. You already know Adams, Jefferson, Cup. These guys are going to get 15 targets, 19 targets, some games, right? But whoever starts at running back for Team A can get 20 carries. Period. It don't matter who, who he is. You know what I mean? So with wide receiver, that's not the same. There's not going to be games where you see Lazard get 19 targets. It's just not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Slayton is not getting 18 targets, no games. It's just not going to happen. And I think to your last point, to kind of tie into that, look at Pollard. Look, no, but I didn't see Pollard coming. Right. And it's tops, man, like you, like you said. Yeah. So, so go that uh, route. What I'll say as far as how not to get lost in the sauce in the mid to late rounds, whenever your draft opens up, 
some drafts opened up, you know, 30 minutes before, hour before, whatever the case may be. The guys that you've had in mind, like your Devon Icons, go ahead and go ahead and um cue them up, them, you know, and, and you know, cue them up. Have have them in your little waiting area there. So you aren't mm-hmm. scrambling, you know, if if you know, maybe you have a few guys that didn't show up to the draft. So so the computer picks their pick real fast. And before you know it, it's it's back on you and you didn't have as much time as you thought you were gonna have to, you know, to kind of figure out where you were gonna go next. Don't scramble and just end up picking the guy that's next, you know, that the computer says should be next based on average draft position. Already have your guys queued up because after about round five or six, who gives a crap what what the what the ADV is? Get your guys like I'm not saying go way jump way out there and get a guy in round six that would have been there in round 10. But once the draft is over, it's not going to matter what round guys win it. Like I've literally seen in drafts, the draft ends and the minute after the draft ends, somebody's sending out a trade for a guy that someone drafted in round seven for a guy that they drafted in round 12 or 13. And it actually makes sense because after the draft is over, where that person was drafted does not matter anymore. So have, have those guys that you have that inkling about. I'd rather have, upside on my bench the names and what the computer is going to give you is names based on last year the computer isn't going to say the next running back up should be divine icon it's going to tell you the next running back up should be you know uh who would i say like a david montgomery or something like that when i could actually go ahead and get another uh wide receiver and get someone who's more likely to get more touches when it's all said and done because Detroit has already shown you they're going to uh, deploy a multi-running back committee. So if I can get a guy that's likely to be the guy, if I can get in front of that versus being behind it, well, it doesn't matter where I draft him. Now I can draft him. I mean, I, now I can trade him for a, a number one wide receiver because he's a number one running back. So have your guys queued up so that way you don't get, you know, lost in the sauce in those mid to late rounds. Anything else you guys want to add? Any tips and tricks that you have up your sleeve that you want to throw out there to the listeners and viewers now? Real quick, when it comes to value, um, a lot of people, this is where a lot of people make mistakes in in, in drafting. And and I love it. As a, as a shark myself, people draft what they can see. So you have 60 seconds, 90 seconds in some leagues to make a pick. And then you say, oh, okay, I need a wide receiver. You click on wide receiver and then you see all these wide receivers. (laughs) And everybody's going to draft. They're going to probably not go no lower than two or three. And then your choice, right? For that. So when you are in a a draft, in a room, and people drafting what they can see, and once you get in these, these later rounds, get your value. Like you said, it may be somebody that you see as a value. Maybe he's sitting at eight. He's the eighth best. Yeah. Go ahead and grab him. coming back. You know what I mean? Don't just, because everybody's looking at the top and you're thinking, okay, well, he'll come back to me. If you see him as value, because he may have more value than a lot of those guys in front of him, yep. just go ahead and, and, and get your guy. You know what I'm saying? So like an account, Akai and, and maybe a P-Ron. P-Ron can very well be, he's rent higher right now Akine, but yeah, I'm going to take Akine because I know this guy can maybe wear very well have the backfield to himself. 
Well, actually, that just changed, Vander. They, okay. they're, they're literally back to back. Um, Icon oh. is thirty nine and P Ryan is forty. So, so that that just changed. So, I mean, that's 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 a pretty good comparison of guys. Which one you want? And I would take Icon if he's going to be the guy who P Ryan's probably going to be in a timeshare no matter what in Denver. Right. I'm going to take the guy that can maybe get the bulk of the touches, um, even though he's not a big guy. You know what I'm saying? In that system, I like him in that system to maybe, you know, if being the starter to be an RB1. So just be be okay with dropping a little bit, getting the value versus drafting what you can see. So many people get caught up in drafting what they see, and then they miss out on guys like this. Yeah, have your own list. Forget what forget what the computer telling you to do. Have have your have your own cheat sheet of how you like the wide receivers, how you like the quarterbacks, how you like the running backs. And and don't go based on what they're telling you should be next, because that's another way you can get lost in the sauce. You got any parting words for him, Joe? Yeah, I, just to quickly tie in, I do have something. So to your point with Yahoo, Yahoo, you can make your own rankings and you can upload it to your league drafts. So that was a good shout. But I say mock drafts is just as important. You don't want to like it, it's, it's so many ways to skin a cat. All of these things are all applicable, but you don't want to wait to the moment you get into the draft to then want to adapt. What you, what you think is, is, is practice. You got to actually put the practice in. I think, you like you said, having an identity is better than any of these strategies. Because if you have an identity in mind, you can practice all these different things. But what you see a team formatted to look like, the players you already identify, you want to pick out, the matchups and, the, you know, all those things week to week. If you do all that work and you mock draft on top of that, you're getting a feel for it. Most of the times you already play with these guys for years or even if you haven't played for them, the ADP for Sleeper, like Sleeper.com, we've been using it for Dynasty and everything else. You can do it any format, select it any which way. And what I love about it is that the ADPs are so accurate on Sleeper than any ESPN and Yahoo. Just have fun with it. You know, try it out. Don't wait till the day of. And like I said, you said, when the Sharks come out, we already did the work. We did the homework. So, you know, same energy and what we're going to continue to talk about on the show and in later episodes Practice that query, man. Put that into, all right, I want to go look at a chain. Let me see how can I get a chain on top of what I already was doing. Like, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to, I'm about to sneak him in. In my, you know, draft. So just have the same principles. You know, don't have an identity, but still mock draft. So you can see which one applicable. You might want to do a hero running back. You might want to do, a, you know, running back zero. But it all comes from you having to feel for it and putting that preparation in. So I'll just say prepare and continue to tune in. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We'll be back to you on next week. Until then, we out.